Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Ashley. I'm Matt. And joining us today is our friend Sean. Hi, Sean. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Uh, this is another episode in our 13 Days of Halloween, where for the 13 days leading up to Halloween, we talk about a movie in the horror thriller genre. And today's movie is The Prowler. Yeah, so uh, picture it. New Jersey, 1945, as the movie opens. It is a graduation dance. We were actually talking before we started recording. We're not sure graduating from what? <laughs> High school, college, something. Um, and a young woman and her beau are, uh, they leave the party uh, and they get murdered, brutally murdered. All right. Uh, fast forward to 1980 and this area in New Jersey, whatever, they're having their first graduation dance party since the one in 45. And more young people start getting murdered. I mean, that's your basic setup for the movie. <laughs> uh, I'm going to hand it over to you, Sean. <laughs> yeah, so um, I feel like the main attraction of The Prowler isn't going to be, you know, any any of its cast. It's not going to be any of the writing. Really, um, the main attraction for most people to The Prowler at this point is the Tom Savini special effects. Um, and what I think about The Prowler as compared to like Friday the 13th or any of the other slashers that were going around um, at that time is... I feel like the Prowler is a little bit. Uh, it, it's a more. It's a more cruel picture. Um, the kills are mean. It's pretty. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, the special effects are on full display, and it's just like I said, it's a more cut down, um, less about anything having to do with story, um, but really more so just a, a showcase of uh, gruesome special effects. And on that level, it works. Um, and I'm not sure that it really works on any other level. Yeah, I think if, if you're a fan of flash, uh, slasher movies, um, this is one. And <laughs> not a particularly good one, but you're right. The the gory effects are pretty effective. Mm-hmm. And the kills, as they say, are pretty brutal, mm-hmm. um, if that's what you're, you're going for. Um, the character, I mean, there's not much in the way of characters that you care about. It, care, they just seem to be victims. Um um, I will say that the motivation, I guess, for the killings is maybe a little original. Um, and, and I like that the movie took the time to give us a fairly convincing flashback, um, to the night to 1945. And that, that that's something you wouldn't typically see mm-hmm. in, a, in a slasher film. Um, so there's that. I don't know. There's not a lot really to recommend this movie, although I do love the, um, there's there's a character that gets killed in a shower early in the movie. Yeah. And then the very last scene of this movie, her body is finally discovered along with her boyfriend, and that is a great little stinger to to leave uh, the movie on. I thought that is very effective. But um otherwise it's just kind of a pedestrian slasher film for me. Yeah, so Ashley and I watched this for the first time uh, a few months ago just as something to watch uh and I was like, ah, this isn't very good. I mean, it's okay, but it's a, it's a lower end slasher film. Uh, and then we, we watched it again, uh, in preparation for this episode and actually liked it a little bit more. Uh, I mean, it's still not a great movie, but no. I don't know. I, I, I was, 
I, I, I when we were rewatching it, I'm like, you know what? We watched this more recently enough that we don't have to pay a whole bunch of attention to this this yeah. time. But I actually found myself paying attention to it and being interested by it. I think maybe what pulled me in is, you know, it is fairly brutal. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's relentless. I think with the brutality of the killings, which normally is not something that I appreciate very much but i don't know it was it was i don't know it kept my interest for better or worse um it's got a couple of older actors in here uh lawrence tierney and farley granger you know some of a couple of uh golden age hollywood actors Mm -hmm. um now that said you know this is one of those slasher films that purports to you know kind of have a mystery element and that like who's Who's killing everybody? Who's the prowler? <laughs> and because of the opening scene, I think that, uh, you know, we talked about earlier from 1945, there's only like well, two people that it could, it could be. <laughs> if, if these murders are indeed connected to the 1945, uh, you know, what we saw then. Mm-hmm. So then you're like, okay, so we're looking at either Farley Granger or Lawrence Tierney. So it's not the most mysterious of slasher films in that regard. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it's... Um, yeah, it's serviceable. I think I agree with you, Sean. The 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 effects uh, are pretty good here. So, are we going spoiler free on this, or I mean, we, no, we it, we can talk about spoilers. So, <laughs> one thing I did notice, and I I'm, I own the Blu-ray forever, um, and I just hadn't I hadn't watched it in probably ten years, and so I also rewatched it in preparation for this. But did you notice um, the line of dialogue that the that the that the deputy speaks at, to the girlfriend? Well, if I'm if I'm late to the office, the sheriff's going to kill me. There's a little bit of foreshadowing there. So I think the movie like gave itself a nice little back pat on the back there thinking that it was clever. But um, I think that, I think that like Ashley said, I do think that the motive for the killing is pretty original. Um, the way that they did it with the flashbacks is um, pretty cool. I think the out, the gear that he wears is pretty effective. The killer's gear, the, it was like kind of world war two gas masky type thing. Um, but I do feel like, I don't know if it was this movie or just if this movie was the originator, but I do feel like it did become a little formulaic to kind of introduce like a trauma at the beginning of Mm. a slasher film. And the trauma is the reason for the events that unfold. And then the rest of the movie is spent determining, well, you know, who was affected by the trauma, you know, who, who that was affected by the trauma is the killer here. In this case, it's pretty obvious. Like I, I felt too, Matt, like right away, I was like, you know, if, even if you aren't aware of the um, kind of the slasher movie tropes, it's not hard to, you know, Lawrence Tierney's in two scenes and he's in a wheelchair. So you're pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not Lawrence Tierney, which his inclusion was weird. I don't know. Did he do that for a paycheck? Cause he's like literally in two scenes. Um, I thought it was, Kind of odd that Farley Granger did the movie too, but um, he's pretty good. But I just felt like this was a movie trying to make its runtime between kills to me. I mean, I felt like scenes went on and on. I mean, I feel like there were several times during the movie I'm like, this scene is going on only so that it makes the 90-minute run mark. Um, I will say that the first the first kills in the modern time in like the 80s, so the first the the scene Ashley referenced the shower scene and the boyfriend the boyfriend getting the knife through the head and the eyes going white was very cool like very effective as a kid I was like holy crap and then, 
that pit, the pitchfork murder in the shower is one of the, that's one of the more brutal murders that you'll see in any, any slasher movie. I mean, that scene goes on and on and it's pretty realistic and it's basically just a slow impalement mm-hmm. of a showering woman with a pit. I mean, and then at that point, you know, there aren't really, the body count, this isn't that high. There's eight, I think I counted eight and that's including, you know, the killer himself <laughs> at the, but you know, it's like a lot of, you know, we're talking Friday the 13th gets up into the teens near the twenties. And this is two in the intro <laughs> and then four people like in the actual movie. And then the conclusion, a couple people meet it, including mm-hmm. the, but you know, the body count's not that high. There were a couple effective uh, special effects, but I don't know. I, I like it, but I, I really feel like I only like it because I'm nostalgic for that time period. And I saw it as a kid. I still feel like there is that much to like about it other than the special effects. I think, although I do like the setting. Yeah. What is it? Um, I mean, it's some unnamed shore town. I was, was it filmed at Cape May? I think I read, but that's cool. Like it was, a, but other than that, I don't know. Yeah. I like the setting too. And I, and I have a nostalgia for that time as well. And, that contributes to my uh, appreciation of it. Yeah. I, I, I like, you know, we spend a lot of time in this, is it like a dorm or where, where are it's, it's student housing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so we spend a lot of time there. There's time in the cemetery. I, I don't know. It, it, it all works. Yeah. And the, the, yeah, the mystery isn't much of a mystery. You know, the, the sheriff is supposedly off fishing. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I do love the scene where the deputy calls the motel where the sheriff is supposedly (laughs) and and talks to the guy at the motel. That's such a bizarre, protracted. That is the scene that started me thinking this is only trying to hit a runtime. That scene went on for 10 minutes. It almost feels like something out of a David Lynch movie where he's just. It was wild. It's just extended beyond all reason. But But it's kind of it's kind of funny. You know what scene I, I thought was hilarious too was first of all the, the the kill in the pool is ridiculous. There's so many questions I have about the kill in the pool, but the aftermath of that when the the, the head mistress of the pool, whatever of the school, she comes down to the pool and there's a twenty foot there's a twenty foot blood pile in the pool. She doesn't see it for five minutes. She's walking around the pool, doesn't see this. 20 foot puddle of blood on the surface of the water. It's just, and she walked around. It was another scene. She walked around the pool for five minutes only. So this made it's 80 minute runtime or whatever. You know, know, I hadn't thought about runtime Patty, but you both bring up examples of it. I'll tell you another example. I was going to bring up is just a scene where I thought a character acted dumb, but now I'm wondering if it was to pad a little runtime. So the, the kills in the shower, um, the girl who's our, I guess she's our protagonist played by Vicki Dawson. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes into that room because I guess that's her room or her roommate. I don't know, but she goes in there to get some things. And you know, the whole thing is the, 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 the people are dead in the shower, but she doesn't see them mm-hmm. in, the, in the attached bathroom. And then boom, there's the prowler and the prowler ain't moving fast. All right. And, and in fact, he's like standing still at one point. So she takes off. And I don't know how tall this this building on the outside the building looks like maybe three or four stories high, but yeah. inside there's like it's like you know a twenty story building. <laughs> so there's all these stairs that she has to run down, and you know it's I understand the whole the whole fight or flight thing, but if your option is to is is the flight, which I totally understand, 
Just go. I mean, if I'm going, I mean, I'm, I'm going down until I reach the ground level and I'm out the door and you'll never see me again. <laughs> she goes down a couple of flights of stairs and then starts banging on doors. Yeah. And oh boy, catching up to her, right? Mm-hmm. And then she like tries to run down the hallway to like try and get out like a fire escape door, but it's locked. And I'm just sitting here like, why didn't you just keep going down the stairs? <laughs> like, seriously, the building's not that tall. Like, <laughs> just get down the stairs until you reach ground level. Yeah. Then go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now that you're, you guys were mentioning that, I'm like, oh, maybe it's so they could spend time with her knocking on doors for like nobody answers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was annoying. Well, you know what I thought about that scene too? And I was wondering if they were going to play with, because. Farley Granger in the beginning of the movie throws off a line about her being a good girl. I don't know if you noticed mm-hmm. that. Oh, she's a good girl. And like, it seemed like, um, as is the norm, he, he was kind of killing, killing women who were promiscuous or reminded him of his, his, uh, bow that had done him wrong all those years ago. <laughs> but then I wondered if he was in that scene, like specifically kind of sparing her because she, he thought she was a good girl, but then, it did seem like he pursued her with the intent to kill. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't, he kind of knocked his deputy out, but didn't kill him. So I, you know, I don't know. That was just a thought <laughs> I had. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Anything else? No, I mean, I just, you know, I know the director, Joe Zito, I think he went on to do uh, Friday the 13th 4, which is one of my, actually my favorite entries in that, in that uh, series. But, you know, I, so he went on to do a, a slasher that I thought was better than the Prowler and probably that series influenced, obviously influenced the Prowler anyway. So mm-hmm. in a way this was like the Prowler is like Friday the 13th, but distilled even, you know, <laughs> distilled even further where really Friday the 13th was mainly about the kills, but this is really mainly about the kills in my book. So no, I, I enjoyed it. And I know everything I've said in this podcast <laughs> has made it out. Like I don't, but I, I enjoy it for several reasons that aren't about fine filmmaking. I would agree. I mean, again, I don't think it's not my favorite slasher by any means, but yeah, yeah, that's fine. What would you give it out of 10? Yeah, that's a tough one because, um, I, you know, I don't want to give it too high or too low. Um, I mean, I'd probably give it a seven and a half. Um, just, you know, based on the Savini effects are great. They are brutal. Um, and it's charming in a in a bad way. It's a charming movie in a bad way. Although I've talked crap about it the entire time. <laughs> I give it a six. How about you? I also give it a six. All right. So our maybe sh- I should give it like a six. Maybe <laughs> seven and a half might be too high. Yeah. Let me go six and a half. <laughs> All right. So then our score is 6.3. So this is interesting. On the tomato meter, it has a 49%, not really good overall thing from, from audiences. 71% from critics. Hmm. But that's only with seven well, review, reviews, and five of the reviews from critics are, are positive, and two are negative. Did you? So. I, I yeah, I've read some reviews that were like, "Oh, this this movie really gets into the traumas of war." Like, does it though? <laughs> no. Like, I think a lot of people like a lot, especially a lot of like slasher writers. You know, these days, like, oh, this was really an original. It, it was really gutsy to make um, a veteran of the war the bad guy. It's like, well, was it? I mean, you know. I feel like it's a stretch to start getting that deep on the prowler. Yeah, no, I don't think it's. Yeah, it's I don't think it's making an anti-war statement. Maybe it was. I don't know. All right. <laughs> All right. So that's the prowler. Um, it is a a six point three from us. Uh, Sean, thanks for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having me as always. Thank you all for listening. Thank you.